like your attitude. I Everything we're about to say could be bull bleep. It's PFTOT and PFTPM Monday edition. Chris Sims, Mike Florio. Things we didn't get to or that we didn't get to to the extent that we would like to during Monday's edition of PFT Live. <laughs> Finishing up his coffee. All right, there you're choking on coffee. Yeah. Yes. Um, the Rams offense, uh, they didn't choke last night. They won the game. We, yeah. we touched on this earlier when we were trying to make sense of the Mitchell Trubisky benching, unless it wasn't a benching, unless it was a benching. But maybe Jared Goff should be benched for Blake Bortles. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I'd go that far. but <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> two of your favorite quarterbacks are on the same on the depth same chart. Team. Yeah, and, and um, hey, I, I think I've tried to be fair to Jared Goff. Like We're in games where they lost to the Bucks and lost to the Seahawks. I think you can remember I actually came back and defended him those days and said he made a lot of great throws and great plays. Uh, but fortunately or unfortunately for him, you know, and a lot of their wins, he's played below average football. That That's the biggest problem. They are a defensive football team at this point. And I understand that, you know, he's missing a few weapons and their O-line's not as dominant. But again, when you're being paid, like, what is he, Mike? One of the five highest paid 33 people in football? 33.5 million a year. Right. He's got to be top five, right, in the league, somewhere in that range. Um, you know, last night's game, when you watch it, go back and watch. I mean, they're managing the number one pick in the draft in year four, or is it year five? Year five, going in after a year he went to the Super Bowl, where they don't even trust him to throw the ball on third and three or third and four or third and five. They don't even want to mess with it because they're just like, oh, gosh, well, we don't know what he'll do, and we're playing the Bears, so we'll let our defense just stop them. But, yeah, I think it's just concerning from that aspect. You know, the interception he threw certainly didn't give Sean McVay the confidence uh, there either. And Sean McVay was going to just run the ball and play defense and see if he could win the game that way and not let Jared Goff screw it up. And that's what that game said to me last night. How is this sustainable, though, if the offense is built to have your franchise quarterback not screw things up? Yeah, no, it's not sustainable. There's no way they'll be able to beat the elite teams in football that way. They're going to get away with teams where, yeah, you know, like we saw with Pittsburgh. You know, they can hang in there because Pittsburgh's offense stinks too, so they depend on their defense. And if Jared Goff doesn't have a fumble that's picked up for a touchdown, they win the game 12-10, to 10, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's really where it's gotten to. And, um, yeah, it's concerning to me. And, again, I just go back to the point, and it's just funny that Blake Bortles is on the roster with them, where the Rams negotiated against themselves. You said it. They backed themselves into this corner. And then it builds up the public perception that Jared Goff is really, really special. And, of course, he's from California, and there's that aspect of it too. And a lot of the fans just see, oh, the team got better and Jared Goff was the starting quarterback. That must be the reason. No, it's not the reason. It's not. And um, I would be concerned if I'm in the uh, Rams organization. I've had people ask me, surely the – Comments made publicly by Sean McVay praising Jared Goff excessively and repeatedly. Surely those don't become fodder for an agent to make the case for the guy to get a contract and for the guy to get a market value contract. And the answer is, yes, they do. That's what agents do. I I had someone who I respect who understands how this business works a long time ago say, the biggest problem a team can create for itself when things are going well is to praise gratuitously and excessively its own players because the agents will use that 
when it's time to negotiate. And it's going to cost you more money. You're trying to hold your team together. You're trying to make it all fit. And you can't afford to have these gratuitous statements. You think Bill Belichick ever says anything good about anybody? Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why he doesn't. Right. He doesn't want to cost himself more money. And so with Sean McVay pushing back against guys like you and me, yeah. who were criticizing Goff for his performance in the Super Bowl, and also pointing out maybe Goff is the quarterback that – Here's for the first time among these high-level guys, sorry, we're not interested in a second contract. Right. And it was a big to-do back in June when I went on Dan Patrick's show and said that, hey, maybe Goff doesn't get a second contract. Maybe Dak Prescott does and Jared Goff doesn't. But people in league circles didn't think you were crazy but, for that right. thought either. But that's, Rams, that's what people but, don't realize. But, but Sean McVay decided right. to push back and push back and push back, and yeah. it set the stage for Ryan Toner to go to the Rams and say – Time to pay up. Yeah, sure. Well, it's a dicey conversation. It's a dicey spot for Sean McVay to be in. Because also because, hey, as we know, there's not always better out there, right? So you got to be careful about, oh, maybe you know the grass isn't always greener on the other side. And they have won games, and he's trying to – he knows he had them this year, so he's trying to instill confidence in him going into the 2019 season to you know build him up and make him feel good and the offense and team feel good about the leadership at the quarterback position – after a piss poor Super Bowl performance, like you mentioned. So, yeah, that's, you know, I think coupled with, you know, him and the fact that Todd Gurley's the second highest paid running back in football and is clearly not the same. You know, again, I'll just say there, there was runs last night and the screen plays where, yeah, he got some yards, but I sat there and went, old Todd Gurley's head would have hit the goalpost and we would have struck up the band and it would have been touchdown. Instead, it's a 10-yard gain or a 15-yard gain. So there you have your two highest-paid offensive players who are not performing at a level to where they're being paid. And that's what I always say, right? I mean, follow the money. The money on your team. If it's not performing, usually your team's not performing either. And they have a lot of their salary cap invested in those two guys. And they signed Todd Gurley a year before they should have and they regret it now. They would probably admit that, although you may have to give them sodium pentothal and or a couple of shots of tequila. <laughs> and they're going to regret signing Jared Goff early. And th- th- look, it, I like Sean McVay. Me too. That's what makes this difficult. But you know what? That's part of his strategy, I think. And he's got that L.A. media wrapped around his finger where he's they won't ask him tough questions yeah. at press conferences because he uses their name. He's incredibly when, charismatic. Hey, Chris. Yeah, yeah Chris. Right. Well, that's a good question, Chris. Right, right. And and look, I'm not – hey, that it may be genuine. I'm not saying it's phony. It is genuine. I've never seen him not be right. like that. But the point is – the point is right. it makes it harder – for the people in the media as a practical matter to get on him. They like him. They don't want to push him. And they tiptoe around Todd Gurley's knee all the time. They yeah. tiptoe around Jared Goff's performance all the time. And it's it's kind of interesting to watch it unfold because not every coach gets the benefit of that kind of of, of courtesy from the media that covers his team. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, well, it seems like the Rams have L.A. on lockdown. I mean, it does. To, you know. Yeah, because you got people in the Rams organization who I believe are – are doing everything they can to create the sense that the Chargers aren't going to be there for very long. So it's a great way to keep the Chargers down while they are down. Well, that that certainly seems like a fair point to make too. I mean, I certainly thought that as well. And, you know, I think when it goes back and what you're saying about Sean McVay is very real, but I've known Sean since he was, you know, a low-level assistant with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's always been that way. Highly respectful, looks you in the eye. Yes, sir. No, sir. Hey, mentioned you by the name. So it is him. It's not like an act or anything like that. But it works well when you're in a situation where people may be asking you tough questions. It definitely does. It plays to his favor, and there's no doubt. And I'm sure he realizes that, too. He is as smart as they come. And really what I go back to here is 
This is on Sean McVay, and Sean McVay is going to figure it out. He's just too intelligent of a guy to where, you know, even last night we saw changes in their offense already where I went, ooh, different formations. I haven't seen them do that this year. Different personnel sets. Screen passes became part of the play altogether. I think he realized, hey, I can't trust my offense, so I'm going to go, you know, to the dark side and play defensive football, punt it out, do things like that. I mean, that's that's the way he played, and I, I think he'll reevaluate and figure out a new formula. It's better than pulling Jared Goff off the field and putting Blake Bortles in to run a read option on third and short. Well, yeah, that was a definitely a skeptical moment last week in that Pittsburgh Steelers game. But uh, I think the game we saw last night is what we're going to see a lot from the Rams down the stretch. Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Littleton in the middle, you know, Dante Fowler. They got some dudes on that defense. Wade Phillips is a hell of a coach, and they're going to ask their defense to be the the you know the strength of that football team, and they're going to play through that, and they're only going to push the envelope on offense when they deem like okay we have to we're down in this moment and now we need Jared Goff to make some throws and you know hey he made a big throw last night you know for that one post touchdown and and everything like that but you know again for what he's being paid and what we're expecting out of him it has to be more than just oh one play a game or this or that it's just not enough and I think we would all agree with that and anybody watching football I think would agree with that right now. Jared Goff one of the quarterbacks in Super Bowl 53 the other quarterback Tom Brady things are going well if you look at the standings for the New England Patriots, things are not going well offensively for the team. It's all about a defense, Chris, that you've compared to the 85 Bears and the 2000 Ravens. Tom Brady yesterday after the game, a game in which the only offensive touchdown came from Julian Edelman throwing a pass on a gadget play. Brady was a little pissy at his press conference. Short answers, Bill Belichick style. Uh, I guess he was a little uh, pissy also on WEEI this morning. He does a weekly spot there on the Greg Hill Show. And it just... It makes me wonder what's going on, where this is heading, how much longer he's going to be there, and will he make that phone call this week or next week to get Gronk to come back? And even if Gronk isn't at the point where he has the weight on him to play, he has to be back by the last business day before week 13 or he can't come back this year ever. Right. So you bring him back, you put him on the roster, and you just feed him protein shakes over and over again until he puts the 20 pounds on then he's ready for the playoffs maybe I mean uh, they certainly could use him Um, they just you know again I think first off you know they're just not that great on the offensive side of the ball they have offensive line issues they want to run the ball they can't do that that's really what they're built to do Uh, and then that's where a lot of their assets and money are uh, as far as that position and doing it Nikhil Harry just getting back healthy their first round pick maybe he can help their offense here down the stretch a little bit but they don't have a guy that can back you off in the pass game and then when you can't run the ball and pass protect all that well either it's just tough to always overcome that especially against really really good defenses now they did enough yesterday to manage field goals and they you know they play the right complete full football game Brady's never had to really deal with this his career so I'm sure he's pissy but I think ultimately the biggest thing to me Mike too is you know like you have said with Aaron Rodgers Brady knows what he's doing and I think he's trying to just hold the rest of the offense accountable to like this is not good enough and he's showing them like I'm really pissed off so you guys should be pissed off too and we got to raise our level and they're they're good enough to where they don't need to raise it that much they just need to get a little bit better to where we go oh okay they can move the ball on the Ravens or you know they can move the ball on the Chiefs defense enough in the playoffs and those type of scenarios because it doesn't look I mean he scored 20 points they're winning 
basically. That's where they're at right now. You get 17, 20, you're going to win the game because of how great their defense is playing. Brady said this on WEEI today. As crazy as it sounds, we're still kind of a relatively new offense, getting familiar with each other offensively. They are. The strength of our team is our defense and special teams. So on offense, we just have to take advantage when we get opportunities, understand where our strengths lie, and try to play to them. Not giving short fields, not turning the ball over. Try to take advantage when we get in the red area and score touchdowns. That's kind of where we are. That's That's kind of where our team is. Right. You know, it's it's honestly, it's like it's gone full circle. It's a little bit how it was to him for the start of his career, right? It was, man, we're going to run the ball. You know, we're going to just manage the game offensively. And Brady would make a few big throws every game and some big moments. And you'd go, man, they did it. And their defense was really good. You know, and then there, you know, of course, he started to get better and better as every year went by. And he just started to take over whenever he wanted. But, yeah, I don't think the supporting system around him offensively right now, right now is good enough. And him at 842, he's not going to be able to just carry the team all the time week by week. And, um yeah, they're going to have to kind of play that style here down the stretch. Okay, I didn't have access to you on Friday because you were sitting around doing nothing that day. Uh, Miles, Miles Garrett on Thursday night, ejected, suspended for pulling off a helmet. I was at Notre Dame for everybody. I, I, know, I just I, want to make sure they know. Pull, yeah. pull off yeah. a helmet. You're going to pull off a helmet and whack me over the head. With I it. Pulled off a helmet and whack Mason Rudolph over the head with it. Six-game suspension plus whatever they decide to do next year. What, what are your thoughts on that? Oof. I mean, that was crazy. Okay. I just, you know, that just went above and beyond crazy. What miles Garrett did, uh, to, I mean, basically use a weapon to bash another player in the NFL over the head with it. Uh, it's just totally unacceptable. It really is. Now I, I won't lie. I saw this one time in a practice before. Now, it didn't connect, but I did. I was in the Tennessee Titans, and there was a fight between offense and defense alignment. And the defense alignment got the, I mean, the offense alignment got the defense alignment's helmet off and swung it at his head. Okay. Now, thank God he didn't connect, but that's just dangerous, total loss of emotion. Miles Garrett, I just, he's, he's lost a fan, in my opinion, for me. Like, I, I'll have a hard time, I think, ever rooting for him again after that. I know it's a brutal sport and the emotions run high, but, you know, he's, he's smart enough to know you don't go to, down that road right there. And does, does Mason Rudolph deserve a little blame? Certainly. He was given some correct extracurricular activity uh, there after the play. But like, yeah, like he deserves blame, but he did nothing to provoke that. No, the fine. He deserves to be fined or something like that. Not like suspended. And yeah, I just uh, am very disappointed by Miles Garrett in general and Larry Ogunjobi. That was both, you know, BS on him, too. There's Mason Rudolph just been whacked over the head by a helmet. And Ogunjobi goes behind him and, and blindsides him after he's just been whacked. Like that was a that was a cowardly move as well. And it's just not a good look for the Cleveland Browns and certainly not for Miles Garrett. And I'm totally in line with the NFL and how they suspended him. Now, one of the areas on appeal will be that you can't have an indefinite suspension for an on-field act of misconduct, that it needs to be a specific number. And my reaction to that is, hey, be careful what you wish for because maybe they'll say, fine, we can't do indefinite suspension. It's 12 games. It's 16 yeah, right. games. You're six, yeah, you're right. I, I mean, okay, you know, wh- why? Why why can't you? I mean, first off. I mean, that well, went, if the rules don't contemplate it, that's fine. But fine, we won't do it. But the rules weren't we'll contemplated to think that we're going to be taking people's helmets off and trying to, uh, can, you know, commit manslaughter, all right, with, a, with hitting him over the head with a helmet. I mean, we didn't think we were going 
going to have the rule book in the NFL. They didn't write up the rule book thinking, you know, one day a player might actually try to bash another guy's skull with his helmet off and use the helmet as a weapon. We should put that in the bylaws of the NFL. No, this is unforeseen. And therefore, you deserve unforeseen type of suspension. So you're right. You better be careful what you wish for because maybe they will make it like a full 16-game type of thing. And I'm just disappointed in, in Miles Garrett in general because he's a phenomenal football player. He's one of the best defensive players in the league. Speaking of that concept. Of do you being, think he didn't – first off, do last thing. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you that's off. That's fine. I had a good segue to the next topic, but well, go ahead. You know, don't, don't forget it. But also, what I'll say too is – you know, I've heard people say like, oh, you know, he didn't know Mason Rudolph threw the ball. Bull crap. Bull crap. Bull crap. Bull crap. Mason None Rudolph. matters. He I still took his helmet off and hit him with but it. But Mason Rudolph threw the ball right by his ear. And Miles Garrett, as high level as an athlete he is, he knew Mason Rudolph had thrown the football. And then he just continued to hold on and drag on and do all that too. So, yes, he instigated it. And then Mason Rudolph lost his cool to a degree. And then Miles Garrett, like, went four degrees past that after. One last point on this. Yeah. And I, I said this last week, but I want to reiterate it. And I want your reaction to yeah. it. When we get to February and we start checking the boxes on topics to discuss and in the aftermath of the scouting combine, when you interview players, one of the things we ask them is, what kind of crazy questions did you get at the mm-hmm. scouting combine? And even though it is by no means inexact, part of why they ask these guys crazy questions is they want to figure out, among other things, can I trust this guy to not blow a gasket on the right. field under the stress and strain of playing football? Right. Where is his trigger? Yeah. How do I manage this guy? Can I trust him to not... Eh, not that you expect someone to take off someone's helmet and hit him over the head with it, but you want to know yeah. who the hotheads are. Right. And that's part of what they do. They want to get you upset. They want to see what it takes to get you upset. They want to see you how you react when you do get upset. Definitely. And and so it's not as crazy as it may sound. Now, there's some illegal questions that get asked, some inappropriate questions, but I think there are tech tactics and techniques that are justified because the idea is how does this guy handle pressure and someone who is wired to use his physical prowess on the football field yeah. between the snap and the whistle, does he use that physical prowess to resolve other areas of conflict in his life? Can he flip the switch? That's all very important. Yeah, it is. Now, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think that's exactly why they do it. They're kind of just trying to you know, test the water, see where the guy is mentally. Will he crack? Will he say something stupid? Will he get emotional and fly off the handle? And, um, you know, I mean, I think Miles Garrett probably passed all those tests, but certainly failed it on Thursday night. All right. Last topic for today's PFTOT, something that continues to generate news. And look, I, I didn't start it. Colin Kaepernick didn't start it. The media didn't start it. The fans didn't start it. Everybody was minding their own business last week when the news came out that Colin Kaepernick would have a workout right. in Atlanta for all teams. And Chris, I go back to that moment when I saw the first report from Adam Schefter I just assumed Kaepernick set it up. Yeah. And I had somebody from the league reach out to me and say, we actually set this up. It's like, okay, thank you. Why? Like, it still makes no sense to me a week later why the NFL, as its 100th season begins to progress toward the playoffs, why in the world are you throwing, for lack of a better phrase, this turd into the punch bowl? Mm. Why are you doing this? This is a topic that you don't want to deal with. This is something that you don't want to mess with. Your teams haven't offered this guy a workout in 32 months. What are you trying to prove here? And everything that unfolded after that just confirmed over and over and over again 
what a bad idea it was for the league to say, we're going to set up a workout for you because they should have known, given the history between the parties. There's going to be suspicion. There's going to be mistrust. You can extend an olive branch, and Colin Kaepernick's people are going to be braced that they're going to get whacked over the head with the olive branch. Yeah. And that that poisoned this from the outset. They never should have done it. You need a better understanding of the circumstances and just let the sleeping dogs lie. That's what they should have done. Well, it, I mean, I think there's so many things at play here. It's certainly not a good look for Colin Kaepernick or the NFL. I mean, that, that's the first thing I would say. Second off, I mean, do we know how long this was being planned beforehand? Well, That's where we're not like quite sure yet yeah, either. And I don't, I, I, yeah. I don't care. I don't care. Because yeah. here's the thing. Sometimes yeah. as you make plans to do something, at some point along the way, you have that moment of clarity where you say – you know, this probably isn't a good idea. Right. And that's where you need to be able, and this is a challenge, when you have expended time and effort and thought to a certain project, yep. your ego gets caught up in it. We right. can't stop now. We've spent time working on this. We can't stop now. We've already decided to do it. Well, you can stop anytime you want. So I don't care if it was six weeks or six months. It was a bad idea. And I don't care what the objective was. Yeah. If you want to get the guy back in the league, you start picking up the phone and calling people and saying, do me a favor here. Give this guy a workout. Do me a favor. Sign this guy. Man, look at your depth chart at quarterback. You could use this guy. Sign this guy. You will get X from us. You want to host a draft? You'll host a draft. You want to host a Super Bowl? You'll host a Super Bowl. Now, that's an extreme carrot to dangle. But there are, at any given time, an, a broad array of issues that teams are working on the league about. Different concerns, different things. And there's plenty of basis for a horse trade. Yeah. That's what you do. That's what they did with Michael Sam. Yeah. So I, I just I don't know that the league truly wanted to get him back in. The league wanted to create the impression they're trying sure. to get him back in. Yeah. And w- whatever the league's intent, Kaepernick's people were suspicious from the get-go, and they mm-hmm. had to know that they were going to be suspicious. See, if you're truly interested in getting the guy a job, you sit down. You, you know, you, you don't. They should have negotiated said, a waiver that made well, sense well, for both sides. Well, that's the first well, thing that we're going to that, talk about. That's a different about. issue. That's a different. I'm talking about. I'm trying agree to agree on the this. parameters of the workout. Right. Everything. Here's the point. Here's the point. But Chris, when you have uh, something that you you tell Colin Kaepernick about on a Tuesday, and you're going to do it on a Saturday, four days isn't enough time to work out all the stuff that needs to be worked out to do it. That's part of what you have to take into account. Mm -hmm. You have to look at how are we going to present this to him? Like, you know, maybe you offer to come to him. Hey, we'd like to meet with you. And you oh, this is, I wonder what this is all about. We want to sit down. We want to talk to you. It just, the presentation of the first concept is critical. Yeah. Your flexibility or lack thereof when requests are made or questions are asked. I mean, you're going to be leery. If you're calling Kaepernick, you've litigated against these people. You've taken between $1 and $10 million out of their coffers. They're not happy with you. Do you think they They were trying to pull a fast one on them by signing that waiver that had kind of the cryptic language where, you know, they could basically say that, you know, he's, he's free and clear after this moment? I'll say this. Yeah. I'll say neither side was interested in getting Colin Kaepernick on a team. Right. Both sides had other agendas at play. The agenda was not, let's get Colin Kaepernick on a team. Because here's what happens, and you mentioned the waiver. They send the waiver on a Wednesday. I have the waiver. I studied the waiver yesterday. I couldn't 
let a client of mine sign that waiver in light of the history between the two sides, I think that would be malpractice to do it because it can be interpreted in a way, if you're going to be aggressive later, if the crap hits the fan later, it can be interpreted in a way that you've signed away your right to a second collusion lawsuit, to a lawsuit alleging that you were retaliated against because you filed the first lawsuit. And that can be a very, very viable claim because it's very easy to find the motivation. The motivation is we don't like this guy because he sued us and we had to pay him money. And we don't want him to sue right. us again and right. have to pay him again. And, and hey, look, we've, we've found this way. And so so it's – but here's what should have happened. Mm-hmm. And here's where I think Colin Kaepernick's camp got it wrong. Mm-hmm. The moment you get that thing and read it, that's the moment you call your contact at the league office and say, look, this, this release you sent me, it's got some language in here that may be a little too broad. And we all know what potentially could happen. Mm-hmm. We don't want to foreclose anything here. There could be a decision made to file a second grievance. We should make sure that he preserves that. Surely you're not trying to take his way his right to do it. And the league was, oh, no, we're not trying to take away his right to do it. But, you know, if we can somehow luck into the opportunity to make the argument later that he signed away those rights, we'll take it. Right. That And so there should have been a negotiation then and there. They should have gone back and forth with alternate language to make it clear that he's not giving up those rights. What happened instead, no significant action was taken on the waiver until the day before the thing when Kaepernick's people went and got a different release, a Georgia Tech football release, which was very short, and said this is what he'll sign. Well, that sets up the fight. See, I think that neither side was serious about this being a real opportunity to get back into the NFL. So it was about playing chess, and it was about posturing and positioning so at the end of the day, we win the PR battle, and if there's another legal battle, we win that too. Yeah. That's what I think was going on from both sides. Yeah. The, the league side and Colin Kaepernick's side. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely agree with you with the league side. Uh, I do. And, you know, I just wish Colin, you know, I guess I, in my heart of hearts, yeah, I, you know, this was at least, again, I don't know if it was totally realistic, but a chance for Colin Kaepernick, I think, to put the pressure on the NFL even more here. Uh, that's where I think it's all. I think he was ill-advised through this. D- don't sign the waiver, but still have the work out there in Atlanta at the facility. Don't make it an hour away. That's the only thing I would argue. Here's the thing about an hour yeah. away. Yeah. And, and, and look, and for every position one side takes, the other side has a response. Does it change things for you yeah. if I tell you that one hour away from the Falcons facility also was on the way to the airport? that you were going to be passing by there on the way to the airport anyway. Does that change your one-hour-away criticism? Yeah, I mean, it, it does a little bit. I won't deny that. There's no doubt about it. But I just know from the people I talked that were there, too, were like, you know, we're there at 3.15, and we're being told that the workout's going to start at 4 o'clock, and we're not going to get there in time either. Right, so right. That's where but the this all hit the fan at 2.30. Then the question becomes— But I don't think it filtered out to the scouts right. and everything who were there hey, on the field hey, kind look, of waiting around till then. It gets back to my point that both— sides were to blame. I agree. I agree. I just, again, because I'm rooting for Colin Kaepernick, and I, again, he's obviously one of the 64 best quarterbacks in the in the world right now. I mean, he obviously should be on a team from playing standpoint. But it just opens, you know, again, the door of criticism from the people that are haters against him, from the people who say he doesn't really
really want to play. Uh, and then the teams that might have even been dangling with the opportunity of like, oh, maybe we'll sign him. Now it just opens it like, oh, we can't sign him. This will just be a fiasco. Well, It'll be a media it crazy. But it's everything. the same thing it always was going to yeah. be. Because here's the problem. And this is like when you have Tim Tebow on your roster as yeah. a backup. Yes. There's going to be that group of people who constantly says he should be playing. Yep. He should be playing. Anytime the starter throws an incomplete pass, he should be playing. Definitely. Remember what they did in Denver? They jumped him over Kyle Orton. Mm-hmm. He should be playing. He should be playing. No, over, over Brady Quinn. Kyle Orton was a starter. Quinn was a backup. Tebow was number three. Right. But we're, we're pushing Tebow to the top yeah, of the stack. Tebow made himself available as a rookie every day to the media, which yeah. everybody, like, I know rub people in but the, the same thing. The, the same way. thing will happen right. You're with right. Colin Kaepernick. If he's the, the second string or third string quarterback on another team, then the next step is going to be we want to see him on the field. We yeah. want to see what he can do. I just think, I just like I said, I just wish he would have gone and stayed there. Did the workout, but, but what? But how do you? But the problem is they got to resolve the waiver. See, this I is would, the, the screw the waiver. He worked out without a waiver anyways. But that's but all I'm gonna say. Him, just do it. They're not gonna let him work out at the Falcons facility. Yeah, the you're waiver. right. That's the issue. And the other thing too was the video that's crew. He wanted he wanted to have full transparency. He wanted to have a video crew mm-hmm. next to the Falcons video crew, so whatever is generated matches. Yeah. Right. And and you can roll your eyes and you can guffaw and you can scoff but that reflects a failure to understand the poisonous nature of the relationship and i have dealt with relationships like that when i was practicing law and it gets to a point where the concerns that the parties who have been fighting forever have seem unreasonable to those of us on the outside why was it so calls- hastily planned why no, didn't they call the NFL. And why didn't they all get together like that's 3 weeks ago and go through here's what we want that's for the workout point. let's make this work so that's what it just that's, seems yeah that's you're right. my point I know, it seems crap. here's what you do if you really want to do this mm-hmm. you get on the phone and you say colin we'd like to come meet with you yeah we'd like to take you out to dinner we'll get a private room at a restaurant near you and and uh we want and and have your agent show up and we're gonna have that we got something we want to talk to you about yeah and it's good okay um and that's how that's at a minimum what you do you don't just call them up and say hey we're doing this on saturday you got two hours to let us know whether or not you want to do it what the hell is that right well can we do it on a tuesday no can we do it next saturday no it's got to be this Saturday. Yeah. Well, why? Why? I know. I mean, it, and because, and again, you have to take into account the relationship is already fractured beyond repair. That's the issue. You can't unring that bell. And the NFL tried hastily. And and again, is this about getting it back in the league? Is this about PR? Is this about coming out of it with a piece of paper that you can wave around at some point later saying, aha, he signed the document that allows us to defeat his legal claims. If you're Colin Kaepernick and you're his agent and lawyer, you have to be worried about all that stuff. Yeah. It's not unreasonable. Mm-hmm. And then it became gamesmanship. And that's where both sides are to blame. Yes. It wasn't about the best possible opportunity for him to get back in on either side. It was about putting yourself in the best possible light as this thing continues to go forward, wherever it may go. But here's the bottom line. By doing this, folks, the NFL has invited that second lawsuit. The NFL has taken a, a, a noxious, toxic stew that had been on the back burner with the fire just at that little yeah, flicker where it's barely yeah, on. Right. And they cranked it. They pulled it to the front and they cranked it all the way up. Yeah. And that was stupid. It was. They should have just not done anything. I agree. All right. 
Yeah, we 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 should shut up now. Yeah. I think I think we're okay though. I, I don't think we, we taped were this, so if we had to edit anything out, we'd be able to do so. I don't so. think Full we need to edit anything out. I think he we, didn't say anything stupid. We for discussed a it. I probably said some things that are stupid, <laughs> but they won't get us in trouble. <laughs> All right, we'll see you tomorrow. Enjoy the game tonight. Chiefs and Chargers. We'll have you covered on Tuesday's PFT Live and all day long at ProFootballTalk.com. New Chris Sims on button coming later today. A two-game deep dive. Check that out. We'll see you tomorrow.